0: Merry Christmas, everyone! It's Twim season, Twimtacular, Twimness. It's the time of joy and fun. It's this week in Mormons. I've got you, hun. What what fun we'll have as I make a pun? I'm not done. Kurt, please don't run.
1: <laughs> I I was trying to I was trying to think of something that that rhymed, but I couldn't. Jeff, that's just not that's not not my style.
0: Uh, unsound shouldn't be that bad, you know. Bun done. Fun, sun, gun. It's yeah. It should be easy. Anyway, welcome to this week in Mormons, everybody. Merry I'm Christmas, Jeff. Jeff. Right back Thanks, at buddy. you from how the swim is-
1: audience to you. That's who I represent on here. You know, is your
0: that's who you rep- That's who you represent. That's what he's for. Now I finally know. Well, um, welcome, welcome, everybody. Kurt, how is your Christmas season shaping up here? It's good.
1: You know, I uh, we hiked up. Uh, okay, when I say we, I mean me, my uh, family. And kids just played in the snow at the bottom of the mountain. And I hiked up a mountain. I sawed a tree. I cut it down and uh, took it home. And it's in my living room. We got a permit, of
0: course. Okay, don't freak out. Don't report me. How does and, that work then? If you, Well, you didn't tell us where it was. So you, they they have the state or the county or who issues permits for tree cutting?
1: Uh, So I, th- I believe it's the county. So we went to Camas area, which is Summit County. And then I think you can go up to Cash Valley somewhere. Uh-huh. Um, they do it there as well. But, um, and yeah, just go online. You buy a permit for 20 bucks. It prints out. You just have to, you know, display it in your uh, in your dashboard when you're hauling the tree. And then, uh, yeah, they got certain places, you know, you can go and it's, you know, so we, uh, Found one, and hiked up a mountain, and uh, and it's nice because it's not... Uh, these aren't it's from fun. your typical tree farm, folks. These are... Right. And they, they all have a little bit of character. You know, you get it down, you get it in the living room, you're like, huh, I don't remember this hole right here when I was looking at it on the side of the mountain. But yeah, I hiked, uh, I tracked, it was just over a mile, and I got a good workout
0: in, and, and uh, now we got a tree. And then getting the tree... And so you hiked a mile by yourself and cut down a well, tree. Well, yeah.
1: And we did it How like did with you? my my sibling in-law
0: siblings, so... Did they you were, just drag it down the mountainside afterwards. Or yeah, what? it's
1: really easy because it's all covered in snow, and you're just that's yeah. the that's the easy part. <laughs> that's the fun part. <laughs> the, huh? the hiking, and you're like looking at trees, and you can't figure out find one that is, you want. And
0: is the snow a requirement? Does anyone do this when there's no snow, or do you have to have the snow so you can slide the? tree? Well,
1: I, that's just Utah climate that determines that. But where we were, I mean, I mean, where to get the good trees, you're going to go to an altitude that's got mm. snow. So
0: oh yeah. Um,
1: so yeah, it was great. That's it was awesome. fun. And it's a tradition for us. So uh that's that's what's going on here. What about you, Jeff? Uh, what what Christmas traditions are unfolding in your household?
0: Uh I've just been I've been watching the new Save by the Bell. It's great. Loving it.
1: There's a new Save. I think I heard this. So and this oh, is on Netflix? God. This is it's on Peacock. Oh well, there you go. Did, did you NBC Are you doing a trial I, run of Peacock so you can watch it or
0: what? No, I have other I have I have ways. But, um, <laughs> which your bishop probably shouldn't know about. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> what? No, nothing illicit, you freak. No, uh, but, um,
1: <laughs> no, I'm just saying, like, as far as getting a subscription to Peacock, you're not like, <laughs> sorry, I backed you into, corner I, I,
0: Peacock is not a service that can entice me yet with a subscription. It's just, yeah. uh, that I'm, for one thing, I'm so sad that the glory days of streaming are behind us. Now there's the balkanization of streaming services. And all the content owners who before were just licensing everything to Netflix are calling everything home. And so now you're gonna pay more than you ever would have for cable in the first place. Because literally, how much money would you spend if you wanted like HBO Max, Peacock, I Prime? I Hulu, read somewhere Netflix,
1: it was like seventy something dollars. I'm sure it's that's increased since more have come on board, but um which I mean you consider all the content that you would get for that. I mean, that's a pretty good deal, but obviously you know but
0: you're never gonna watch it. like i'm i'm at this point i'm becoming close to getting rid of netflix really because i mean my kids used to watch some of the shows and i'll watch i watch stuff on there but at the same time netflix has always been there's been an element of comfort food there and that like for years i could go there and watch like i love all the classic nbc sitcoms like from the glory days of the mid-aughts like if you got 30 rock the office parks and rec yeah, and seinfeld's
1: um, coming to netflix
0: is it the yeah. hulu deals are the hulu deals up already yeah. in
1: january is going to new netflix
0: i didn't know that i thought it was on hulu for a lot yeah later.
1: i mean i could have read a headline on the internet and you know how trustworthy that is but
0: that's what i hear so that's a good coup for netflix because they're losing the office on january right 1st, which and that's is going huge to peacock Crazy. yeah um and so it's like what am i watching at this point the great british baking show and what else yeah like what else am i watching on netflix the crown jeff
1: that's been a favorite in our house i
0: need to watch the crown and i've heard the queen's gambit's also very good oh yeah i watched that it was very good uh, very I've thoughtful very good. emotional
1: movie i liked it
0: yes so i need to see those anyways back to uh, saved by the bell yeah there's the new one the sort of reboot of it it's great it's way funnier than it has any business being
1: so it's not way like funny. it's not like the old S- saved by the bell was on a sound stage and stuff like it's no, like it a, is- it well is not produced. a
0: multi-cam sitcom on a, on a soundstage. With a in-studio audience or anything. <laughs> no, it doesn't have that, but it takes place at Bayside. You do have some of the original players featured, some more and some less, and then there's a new crop of kids. But it's very different. It kind of pokes fun at itself. It's written by one of the old writers for 30 Rock and the creator oh, cool. of, the, of the dearly departed sitcom Great News, if any of you ever watched that. It only lasted two seasons, and it was hilarious. Never, never heard of it. Uh, anyway, Tracy Wigfield. So it's... The, the twin sisters always do like their favorite things, what they're promoting. I think the new set by the bell is like way funnier than it has any, any business being I'll whatsoever. Figure out
1: a way to check it out.
0: And so I'm like, I'm genuinely thoroughly amused. When so is
1: Zach like the math teacher or something? Or No,
0: Zach is the governor of California. Oh my goodness.
1: Okay. Wow. <laughs> How about, uh, what was the, ner- Skeeter? Is that his name?
0: Screech isn't it. Screech. There's no Screech.
1: Oh, okay, well, if there's
0: any explanation for that, I've yet to get to that point. Well,
1: I think he's had some life problems
0: that probably took he had place. He's not, you yeah. can tell we'll that the uh, you can tell that like Zach, Slater, Kelly, and Jesse in real life are the ones that have stayed chummier because they're the ones who are more involved in it. Uh, uh-huh. apparently Lisa shows up at one point, but I haven't seen her yet either. So, anyway, that's a digression. That That's my Christmas season right there. It's that, and uh, and what and tr- I was I fell into a West Wing trap recently, mm-hmm. like I've it's been a little while now. That. A couple of months ago, I'm like, I'm just going to watch the pilot, man. The West Wing, I needed some happiness. This was before the election. I wanted Uh to feel hope and inspiration. And of course, you can't watch one episode of The the West Wing and be done with it. You're like, all right, now I'm sucked in. I forgot how well done this show is. So what season are you on? Now I'm on four. But the problem is, a little thing popped up last week that said, leaving Netflix... Last day to stream December twenty fourth because it is owned by Warner Media. So guess where Netflix is going? HBO Max. This is what I'm talking about. Everything's or that's uh, West Wing's going. West Wing, not Netflix. Yeah, (laughs) all of Netflix is being absorbed (laughs) by HBO
1: Max. (laughs) (laughs) HBO can't afford Netflix.
0: Anyways, enough discussion on streaming. But I am a little bummed. Well, let me
1: ask you this, Jeff. As far as the Christmas season, like, what's your family go to Christmas movie?
0: Well, we're still developing next we have young kids, right? right? Um and it depends. And it depends. I love watching Elf. My wife isn't as crazy about Elf, but I like Elf. But I still don't think Elf is even appropriate even for my 5-year-old, not quite. Yeah. Um yeah, I have a hard time with it. Like even though most of the content in Elf is fine, like there's minor language in it and I'm not at the point where I even want my kid to be exposed to even like mild profanity. He doesn't need that mm. in his life. You know, soft cuz it's I'd say it's soft PG profanity, but they drop a few things here and there. Um I think I need to make them watch the Grinch, not the Jim Carrey version, which is one of the worst films ever oh, made. Come
1: on. Halt, I tell you. That you are, are you flattering. are
0: you legit gonna stand by the Jim I Carrey love Grinch? the Jim Carrey. It is one of the most atrocious films I've ever seen. <laughs> you it know, it's so bad.
1: It's probably the part of me in, in the nineties where, you know. It's teenagers
0: that Jim Carrey was like
1: hilarious. Gotta
0: well, and watch- they let Jim Carrey do his thing. Hardcore Yeah, he was peak Jim Carrey when that came out. Right. I want to watch the old school Grinch. Okay. Um I think we're gonna do some Charlie Brown Christmas. We did watch the Great Pumpkin during Halloween, so their interest is peaked. So I think we're gonna get into some of those. Home Alone's a given, but they're not ready for that yet either. Yeah, that talk about language. That's got Yeah. Yeah, Home Alone is not yeah. not for the kids. Um and it's also it does send a terrible message. I mean it's this random Christmas movie. <laughs> and does. then at the end then in the end, an eight-year-old like straight up like abuses two grown adults, <laughs> like yeah, ferociously abuses them. And I know that they were criminals and they were robbing and things like that. But there's no way in a normal world that Kevin McAllister would not be diagnosed as a sociopath and would potentially not be tried as an adult for attempted manslaughter. Do you
1: listen to uh, speaking of favorite things? Here's my favorite thing this week. Uh, do you listen much to the podcast called Rewatchables? I've heard of that, but yeah, I never have. They, they like go it. and find, you know, a classic movie, then they break down. I don't listen to everyone, and there can be some language on there, uh, just to uh, notice there. But, uh, but yeah, they recently did Home Alone. Kurt, this is off-brand
0: for you. You can't keep okay language. Hey, Come on, man. I, I, I am human with uh, vices, right.
1: um, and uh, but they they
0: did Home Alone. He has showgirls in his Netflix queue. But no,
1: I mean, just <laughs> no. No, um. And uh, anyways, they talked about like you know all that kind of stuff, like how does a kid do this? And then by the time the family comes home, the house is like impeccably clean. You no, know, like fine.
0: and there's not even a police report. There's nothing. No one. Nothing happens.
1: It's, and you know what does a father? What, what does this his father do for a job that he can afford to take that many people to, to Europe? Oh, you know,
0: now that one's fair though. If you watch the film, I've seen that one before. They mentioned that his brother is the one flying them out to Paris. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So I believe his rich Parisian brother is the one paying for all that. It still does not answer the question: How he affords to live in one of the nicer suburbs of Chicago in that massive house? They mentioned
1: I mean, they mentioned there's a theory out there that it's the, him and his brother are part of the the mob, and so <laughs> and that sort of loops them in with the criminals and things. Why they were, you
0: know, and that's and that's why the wet bandits are after them. That's right. It's all so, it's it's really a mob movie, which would be mob. great for Chicago. It's yeah. a, that's a sh- Chicago's great for yep. the mob. That's perfect. Yep.
1: Wow, uh, that was a that was a wormhole, Jeff.
0: <laughs> so, with the Christmas, did you happen to watch the uh, first presidency Christmas devotional?
1: I did, of course. I mean, man, you know, I love this. I wish they did like a a a a, a mini general conference in between the the April and October one, like because it just sort of feels like, yeah, it's about time I hear from my prophet. And uh, there it is, you know. Uh, what did you think of it all?
0: I enjoyed it thoroughly. It was great. It's something I look forward to every year. It's, I, I think it's just the Christmas music I love quite a bit and the great oh, messages. Yeah. And we knew this one would be different, you know. It's very similar to General Conference in terms of presentation. And uh, it did strike me though when we sang Silent Night at the end. I noticed for one thing, most of the pre-recorded music was almost all from 2018. Like all of them were from 2018, except the Silent Night, which was from 2019. I don't know how intentional that was, but it did hit me that that was the last time. That as a global body of the church, we all watched and sang something like that together. That was the last like church global broadcast in that capacity. So maybe it was intentional. But uh, I you mean, want to I scream lo- through your the screen like
1: you don't know what's coming. I don't know what to tell you to avoid it. But
0: <laughs> buy stock in Zoom. Buy stock in yeah. Zoom. Yes. Um, but it was great. You know, I love Becky Craven being very devoted to not giving away the whole. Oh, the thing. Santa. I was. I, I was, was sort of listening. A bit close, a little more
1: closely when uh, she was speaking. Uh, So, but I don't know. She almost, I don't know. She got too close. I mean, some of those older kids could do the math with, wait a minute, the dad wasn't there.
0: Yeah, I was waiting for my kid to figure it out too. But then you just lie to him and say, oh, it's just, you know, Santa's busy and they don't care. So great remarks from her, Elder Holland, speaking about the dreams of Bethlehem.
1: Oh, I mean, when he, he has some of those talks, you know, obviously all his talks are great, but. I think back to a few years ago when he talked about Christ's atonement and on the cross, like when he speaks directly about Jesus, I mean, as far as like his life, I mean, it is so good, you know, I just love it. I
0: oh, know, it was dynamite, so it was great. I also, this was totally unrelated to the content, but there was a moment when President Oaks went up to go through the, you know, introduce the next segment, and he pulled his little mask off, <laughs>
1: he and just, just- kind of
0: like... He just let it like hang off his left ear for a while. I don't know if right. he thought he took it with him, but he just left it there. I was Like, dude, that is a baller move.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I had the same time. Like, hey man, yeah, we're all there. We're like, well, I'm gonna need this here. In I'm, a like, I'm like, I'm like, this is it here.
0: I felt like that was like the 2020 comb over. You know, that's what used to happen to my grandpa when the wind would blow and all of his combed over hair would just flail, sticking off to north northwest or something like that. But
1: so let me. This is something I've noticed and. In- you you've mentioned it in past episodes as far as like the whole circus we go through with sanitizing the lectern in between speakers at church. Yeah. They don't do that for general conference or for the
0: devotional. So, I mean, is that an oversight or or what do you think? I've I think it's a mix cuz if they were to do it it would be pretty conspicuous, you know. Right. Potentially in a good way to remind us to do it. I'm assuming it's just that everyone's been tested Significantly, who are appearing, and they just say like we're all legit and we know we're okay, and maybe they even have to quarantine in advance or who knows what. But I'm I'm assuming they're embracing proper safety protocol outside of that. Whereas if you're at, you're doing testimony meeting at your church building like our ward did yesterday, you don't know who's coming up there. Yeah, yeah, you testimony gotta- meetings not a bad. I mean, officially speaking, when you wipe it down, shouldn't you be waiting like four minutes or something like that? But I, <laughs> could you imagine that between every speaker? All right, hold on, everyone. <laughs> right, set a time.
1: Play him in the background while we ponder. So,
0: but uh, it was wonderful. I actually, I teared up during "Noel, Noel." Usually, it's Silent Night's kind of the one that gets me, but that arrangement of of the first Noel rather. Um, yeah. That's just it's a beautiful arrangement. That was just that was great. That was excellent, and I felt much closer to uh, my savior during all that. So that was lovely.
1: And what about uh, Elder and Sister Renland huh? We're, we're praying for them. They've got the Rona. They do. They got it. But it sounds like uh, their symptoms are pretty minor, at least, uh, or asymptomatic for Sister Renland So that's good.
0: Yeah. I wonder how they picked it up. And of course, they mentioned that now they're retesting uh, people who have been around them.
1: But Hopefully. I mean, he lost... At, Last conference, you can see he lost about at least twenty pounds. So that's probably you know the good thing he's taking care of himself and
0: yeah, yeah, staying strong and uh, like Elder Suárez, man. Also, yeah, very, he's doing very, great too. Very trim.
1: Very I wonder trim. if they're you know obviously the, I think Thursday they typically on a, in a normal world they have their Thursday temple meeting, uh, you know council meeting. I wonder if that's something that's happening
0: via Zoom or. Uh, I've wondered about that too. Getting into a large room that, But you can't me. zoom in for a temple meeting. I mean, it has to be well, in no, the temple. Yeah, but the temple's also closed. Right.
1: And I think so. they're they're doing it in the Joseph Smith Memorial Building, I've heard. I don't know where I yeah, heard that, that but makes uh, sense. there's a rumor. Um and so I think they uh but I wonder if they do just find a big banquet hall in the Joseph Smith Memorial Building and just spread out and uh you know, do it that way but at the same time it's like, man, when we have a prophet in his late 90s, let's uh Let's just default to Zoom, you know? I'm good with that.
0: <laughs> it's almost fortunate, not none of this is fortunate, but the fact that the Salt Lake Temple has been closed for a year and won't reopen for three more years, that all of this has happened, only because it it did not force anyone to say, oh, man, there's a pandemic. Like, can we go in the temple? Because now they can't. Right. It's not an option, which makes but it so much it's easier.
1: But then it's causing prolonged closures for, like, your temple, right? The D.C. temple. and
0: Dude, we are, yeah. I mean, I don't know when we're going to... Who
1: knows? Re- it's got to be at least another year before. Because they got to do the open house. I, I know you talked about this... Last week or...
0: Last week. Yeah, they do. They have to do the open house. They're not going to skip the open house, I would assume, unless like the pandemic gets crazy out of control and they say, forget it, guys, just open the building up right. so they can use it. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know when we're going to get it in. I'm I was hopeful it'll be by the spring, but I don't think we'll be there until the summer maybe. Yeah. If things go well, we'll have to uh, have to see about that. So prayers with the rentlands you know, they. Uh, I'm glad that also the gongs who had it also had mild symptoms and they were okay, so the uh, The upside to coronavirus for many is that it it's bizarre some people are affected so much more than others, but the upside is many people get it and don't have much in the way of symptoms just it's kind of like a little cold and that's it and they get over it, which is great, but the problem is that same virus can like totally destroy somebody else so yeah, you say folks, it's- wear a mask, be safe out there
1: all right so uh but nonetheless, even though it seems like. Things are prolonging. You know, there is progress happening, or we're finding uh, safer ways to uh, move some temples to the coveted phase three, as you put it here in your article. After nine months of closures for proxy work, a handful of Latter day Saint, Saint temples are entering the mythical phase three st- status. So, um, this means uh, open for all ordinances with restrictions. So, with the, obviously, we haven't been doing any proxy work, you know. There's been those that have maybe wanted to do a sealing, you know, for themselves, or uh, you know, some missionaries leaving on a mission for endowments and whatnot. They can uh, set a schedule and do it that way. But now we're leaning into some proxy work in, uh, let's see, four temples, which is in uh, Samoa, Australia, Tonga, and Taiwan. Yeah, are the ones that are starting off there. So that's that's good news. I'll take that.
0: Yeah. For sure, it's it's a uh, huge news too. I mean, this is the first time we've done this. You know, we've we closed all the temples back in March, and now we're finally at phase three. Only for these four, these these countries have, I think, been a little bit more successful in containing the coronavirus, and of course, they have different demographics and you know all kinds of different things going on to to facilitate that. But uh, that is great. Now there are a number of restrictions, as Kurt alluded to. Uh, it's you have to space is limited. You have to schedule an appointment to do any work. Um, you can only do this if you live within the temple district of the temple. So you cannot be a temple tourist. There will be symptom screenings. You have to wear a face mask. You you're encouraged to bring your own clothing. Endowment sessions are capped at thirty percent capacity, etc, uh, etc. Cetera, et cetera. You can't even print name card at the temple, which has been a, a one another one of those little changes they made a couple of years ago where not that they stopped doing it at the temples, but they open it up to allow you to print your own name cards at the temple, and now we're seeing just that's a minor thing, but it it's beneficial. And I don't know how they're handling going to handle that logistically uh, in terms of just how stuff works when you go to the endowment or elsewhere, because even a name card gets passed around a little bit, and they probably want to avoid that. So I'm not sure what exactly. But I believe you do.
1: have to uh, you have to schedule like online. They have the system yes. that once your temple's in phase three, you go online, book a time, and then uh, then
0: you go right. Yeah. Exactly, temples.churchofjesuschrist.org, and you schedule the time to do it. And they've clearly been gearing up for this because uh, at the time of—they didn't just say, we're doing this. There, There's three entire videos that the church stresses were done uh, before the fact in like COVID-safe ways uh, to explain— What's going to happen? You've got Elder Renland, Elder Bednar, and Elder Stevenson talking a lot about getting back to the temple and what it entails to do it now under phase three conditions, which I think it's amazing how much of an effort they've gone to uh, in order to provide this information. Uh, and, and making the rounds quite a bit today has been from Elder Renland because he gave lengthy remarks, basically talking about having compassion and having to realize we are our brother's keeper and we need to do our part to ensure we do not spread a fatal potentially fatal disease to others and here's here's the quote that's taking the social media by storm it says quote the savior taught that the second great commandment after loving god was thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself as it relates to this pandemic especially in temples that means social distancing wearing a mask and not gathering in large groups these steps demonstrate our love for others and provide us a measure of protection wearing a face covering is a sign of christ like love for our brothers and sisters Now, there are many who I've seen, Kurt, I don't think you're among them, but you're a bit of a broken arrow, so I don't know. But there are many I've seen who have said like, you know, President Nelson hasn't very plainly dictated that we should wear masks despite the fact he's clearly wearing them in these broadcasts and setting an example, and I think that's evident. But now you have a member of the 12, the 12, though not President Nelson, but a member of the 12 through a very church-authorized channel. (laughs) This was not like... This is not Dale Renlund speaking as a lay citizen, I don't believe. I believe this is Dale Renlund, apostle speaking, um, telling us that it is important to wear a mask because the debate is so ridiculous. And he talks about how it's become politicized and like it shouldn't. Like this is just about public health. Why are we politicizing something about public health? So personally, I'm very glad to see someone step up in that capacity. I'm certain there will be a number of people who will say, well, still isn't President Nelson saying it. It's still not. Like why? This is just Dale. Who cares, Kurt? Where do you fall on this? Tell me, tell me. Oh, I thought you'd never ask, Jeff.
1: <laughs> now, uh, obviously, I you know I wear a mask, uh when I'm out and about and run people and you know in stores or whatever. Obviously, you can't get in most stores without. Uh, I did forget my mask once, uh, and luckily, I found out uh, most grocery stores will have something for you. Just say, "Hey, I've got my mask," and they'll they'll hook you up. Um, That's good. But uh, so here's my thing: is I hear this talk about masks, like, "Hey, wear a mask," whatever, and I can't. I mean, from my experience, obviously, I'm generally in the uh, Salt Lake area. Now I'm in Davis County area. I, I mean, you couldn't pay me to go out and find somebody that's not wearing a mask. I just don't see. I mean, obviously, there's this debate. and Well, they also started maybe,
0: mandating it more in Utah, finally, after a very long time.
1: Right. But even before the mandate, like when the mandate came or the talk of the mandate is like, I don't see where that people are not wearing masks. And of sort, you can find this. You know, strange group down in BYU doing something, Uh, but uh, to me, and especially, and I get the mask thing, but the from what I understand, and correct me if I'm wrong, but like the CDC guidelines basically say the masks are important if if social distancing cannot be done, right? So, for example, if you are in a ward or in a church and you are sitting in a pew and you are six feet away from anybody and you want to take your mask off. To me, I don't see that that is being, uh, that that's saying, you know, that you're now more at risk, right? Jeff,
0: go well, ahead. let's let's observe the since you mentioned the CDC, the CDC's official uh, considerations for wearing a mask page. So to make sure we know at least what the current guidelines are, which have evolved. I mean, just because we've come to understand the virus. So they mentioned that masks offer some protection to you and are also meant to protect those around you in case you're unknowingly infected with the virus. You could be asymptomatic that causes COVID-19. It does say a mask is not a substitute for social distancing. Masks should still be worn in addition to staying at least six feet apart. Um and then the other stuff, the usual thing, you know, wash your hands for twenty seconds. Uh if you're away if you're outside by yourself away from others, masks might not be, you know, necessary. So it seems they are saying they're good even if you're six feet apart. Because if this thing does carry, you know, over the air, six feet's not gonna make a huge difference, right? Like you could be maskless and sneeze and all 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 your business is gonna go twenty feet away and that's gonna be <laughs> sure. like, Yeah.
1: But I just don't I I mean I think they're um the masks have become sort of this, uh, this thing that sort of is, I don't know, it, it to me, it's, I think if, especially if we're outside, if we're, um, you know, it, to me, it's just everywhere. It's like, if you're not wearing a mask in your car, you should feel bad. I'm like, no, I'm in my car. No, you shouldn't I'm feel bad. I'm not going to wear a mask, right? Uh, but I don't know. To me, it's just so much information. I absolutely believe, you know, masks definitely help, uh, Diminish the the spread, you know, absolutely. Um, but at the same time, I just don't. When there's all this, because every time I hear these like this criticism about masks, like, oh, if, if people like, obviously our rates in Utah have been going up, and it always goes, if people understood the mask thing, it's like, listen, we get the mask thing. Like, show me a place in Utah where it's not happening, and, and sure, but some would be like, well, I was at this gas station once, and this happened. Okay, <laughs> like that's gonna, there's gonna be outliers, right? But like in general, I was like, the Utah maverick is knocking. Utah is knocking the mask thing out of the park. We get the masks; everybody's wearing the masks. and so I'm always just like, okay, like, anyways. And it's also, it, it, I mean, if you want, I I want to default to like my leadership world here, but it's no, like no, it no, all I've goes. Enjoying, I'm enjoying opinionated Kurt okay. more. Please continue. <laughs> so this is what it goes down to: is it's the yeah. uh, the values pizza when we're talking about leadership principles. There's everybody has a values pizza. Everybody picks two to three toppings on their pizza. That they like because a combination of those they really like it and they enjoy the pizza. Now, if we're uh, if we're trying to put our value on everybody else's pizza, everybody doesn't like that because you are now making their pizza taste a different way, right? So some people are valuing safety really high, which right now during a pandemic you should you should prioritize the value of safety. However, some people. Have values that they put above safety. Now, what do we do? Like, and this is what I hear in our realm at Leading Saints like, people come to their bishop and say, Hey, bishop, you should mandate that this happens and kick that guy out and do this. Like, well, maybe he's valuing a different value higher than yours. Now, to you, you're thinking, Yeah, but I'm at risk or whatever that. Well, this is where it happens. And it happens even outside of uh, pandemic times where people are valuing different things, just like before, people would say, you know, why is my why is it such a big deal if I have a latte at at Starbucks? Like, does that really matter? Is is Jesus really gonna say, I'm so glad you didn't drink coffee? Like, yeah, but there there's a different value there that a bishop is maybe holding or the church as opposed to others. So we just need to understand we're at a different value time, and that doesn't mean somebody's stupid or they they just don't get it, or they're just valuing, you know, and obviously the more conservative crowd are valuing freedom and autonomy. Above that, and people may say, "Well, that's attacking my value of safety." Well, we have to learn to live in the in the world together. And but as far as I see, everybody's doing the mask thing, generally speaking.
0: So I'm going to push back on you a bit with the pizza pie stuff. Um, value pizza? I, I think the value. Yeah, that thing. I think the value pizza makes a lot of sense. I just think it's. I think we're. We have to operate from a different mindset when you're dealing with something like a public health crisis because. Individualism is what screws it up, is the bottom line. Like I respect that people feel uncomfortable with things. I respect that their values might be different. I think that's totally legit, right? You could feel like, I'm okay taking the risk, is what people say all the time. I'm okay with what I suscept myself to. But the very nature of this is that you could contract the virus. You could never have symptoms, but you could carry it. And then because you are being a little more devil may care about, about and cavalier or whatever, about... What you're doing, you could be giving it to people, even though it doesn't affect you. It never might never affect you, okay? But it might affect others, and I think that's I think I just think that's the one thing that makes it so fundamentally different because it's not enough to just say that our value, my value, pizza is different from yours. I think under almost any other circumstance, I agree with you, and I think it's absolutely true. I just uh, pandemics are not the time to start like stressing the need for like personal liberty and like agency. It's like, I'm not one to be like the big government needs to come in and solve everything all the time. But I do think when it comes to like public health crises that can spin out of spiral out of control, that might be a moment when it's actually okay to have some like serious, like bring down the boom a little bit so we can fix things within reason though, obviously. I mean, I think even like, if you look at my native California, I understand plenty of just criticisms over the very stringent protocols put in place for many there, and I think I totally get that frustration. I think it's easy to wonder if it's excessive. Absolutely. But uh, I don't know. So well, yeah. I, I do think we all yeah, have values, I, but I just – I I can't get there to say that that's enough of a justification for – and like you said, you don't see people not wearing masks, which is good. But right. if one is not playing ball with it because of one's own personal beliefs, in my mind, I'm like, that just doesn't cut it out because your personal beliefs are just bull crap. I don't care. Like, this is a global pandemic. And the science of it is one thing, which, again, is evolving that's fair well, yeah but um but we have been given guidelines of things we can do to help mitigate the problems and we've seen for nine months so many people just being like no because it infringes upon my freedom right I'm like well your freedom isn't like we won't have any freedom left if because we're gonna so this is, a, this is a digression. I'm just grateful that a member of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles speaking in a holy capacity is reminding us of the importance and the compassionate move it is to wear a mask for that exact reason. If I was carrying the virus and I felt fine, but someone said, dude, Jeff, you have the virus, I would immediately, I mean, if one, I'd quarantine, but even beyond that, I'd be like, cool, I'm going like, to make sure to do my part, not to spread that to other people in as much as I am able to do so. And I don't th- And wearing a mask isn't that big a deal. You don't even have to, I mean, social distancing is one thing, but like all these shutdowns and lockdowns and all these problems we've had, not everything goes away because you wear a mask. It's not a panacea, but at the same time, life could carry on a lot more like normal if people just like did, if we more universally embraced mask wearing a couple extra steps and then all these things like restaurants, stores, life could function pretty normally except for the minor inconvenience of putting something on your face. Not perfectly. No one wants that in the long term. But And it is not a power grab by like liberals. This is like the coup moment they've been waiting for. I'm not even going to stand for that one. Kurt I know you're more conservative and I hope and that's great right but I, I disagree hope, with a
1: lot of this but I certainly but hope
0: you don't believe in, in like that much of it that there's like power grabs by state governments and governors in blue states like what this is what they've been waiting for a virus to come from China say this is the moment boys let's wrap it up we're going to control everybody now it's happening like that, I guess I, I guess not
1: my where I have the reservation is that when they, when we see cases go up. There is more emphasis on wearing masks, which has already happened, and then they see the case continue to go up, and then they default to, "Well, it's the people that value the freedom that's the problem, right?" Or that somehow hold the freedom above the the safety value, right? Well, so it's not a problem to value the freedom,
0: problem. but if you're if valuing your freedom is Im- imperiling public public health, then that is a problem. Then yeah, you you don't get to. Have- but what
1: I'm saying is that we default to, "Well, they must somewhere somebody's not wearing a mask, or somewhere somebody is is not following the rule, and it's probably those freedom loving mm. people." Like that's yeah, yeah. where there's a stereotype. I I say, whoa, 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 like, let's just all chill out, realize we're in a very difficult situation. And especially when like local, like government tweet, uh, uh, Twitter accounts are like tweeting out things like, well, if people, you know, knew better than that, you know, 400 grandparents of uh, pairs of grandparents have died. Like it's such shameful, like poor, poor leadership that we're really seeing what. Uh, lack of leadership is when it's uh, tough uh, handling a tough problem because it's not just well if people would just do their thing, it's like no if if people learned how to lead they would understand and I'm not saying I know how to lead but i I think about these things you run
0: a non-profit focused on leadership don't say you don't know how to lead i just want <laughs>
1: but uh, what i'm saying is just that i just i i show offense that I feel like I'm grouped into that group that's just saying like you're the problem that this thing that the numbers are going up. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like I go out in my mask every time. I'm not uh, complaining against them. I get there's these fringe groups that have some cute Twitter account in their mom's basement that are doing that. But I I, I just hate that they point at my values pizza when their values pizza tastes disgusting.
0: Yeah, and well I think that's fair. Like we if we're if we're using broad stereotypes and denigrating entire. Swaths of our population for no reason, of course that that doesn't help anybody. I am curious about this, and we we need to, we should move on but um from leadership perspective, and I think that's an interesting area to discuss if if the the means are not getting us to where they're not the most efficient way to get us where we need to go. What would you, given your knowledge of leadership, and of course that's within the church, a little bit different, but do you have thoughts like what you would do differently instead of, I guess, the fear-mongering or the guilting, as you say, about death? Like, What is the messaging that would be more positive to affect change in that sense, though? And if you don't have anything, that's totally fine. I'm just uh, curious. Uh, uh, the the world's, lo-
1: world's load, most loaded question. But <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day-
0: Kurt, you solve know. the pandemic.
1: Uh, right. Here, here we are. This is like it's such an intriguing thing to watch, and I feel like um, you know when in Utah, with Governor Herbert, you know, interrupted all the TV channels, or, or he sent out a Amber Alert, you know, text on our phones, and said, "I'm speaking at nine o'clock" or whatever. Got on there, and it's just um, you know, it goes. <laughs> it just I just feel like all I hear is that it goes back to the thing. Well, we re- need we need a mask mandate. We need to do this. There needs to be more masks. Like okay. I think people are wearing the mask. It's a very difficult problem. So maybe it's more than the masks. Right. And, and maybe at the end of the day, I wish they would just come to me and talk to me like an adult. Right. And show like mutual respect, saying like, we know that you understand the risk and we know that you're going to make the best decision to keep everybody safe because nobody out there wants to get somebody sick. And it may be your Thanksgiving party. It may be that you decided to not wear that mask in the, the grocery store. But here's some some points, and let's just get through this together. Like the message of hope and encouragement uh, would go a long way. Rather than I just constantly feel like I'm being spoken to like I'm five, yeah. and I just don't get it. And uh, it's somehow, where you know, didn't it just at the end of the day, I really believe nobody has a solid idea. Really, how this thing spreads. I think we've, things have shown that masks do work, you know, generally speaking. Uh, You know, obviously, it just helps if you stay away from each other. But at the end of the day, uh, because I'll tell you right now, my wife is, my wife tested for COVID uh, uh, nine days ago. Uh I've been in this small apartment sleeping next to her every night. I got tested and it was negative. Like, I, and all my kids are negative. It's just like, okay, yeah. now here we are. We didn't wear masks in the house. So so it just becomes one more thing because the government or, or leaders haven't been talking to me as an adult. I, I second guess what they're saying to me, right? And nobody wants that. And not that, you know, there's no conspiracy. I don't believe in any of that stuff. But it's just like, just come out and say, you know what? I don't know. You know, do we talk about that a lot in the church? I wish my bishop would just come out and say, I don't know every once in a while. Well, I wish our, my governor or any governor would come out and say, we don't know instead of just shaming this group for killing grandma when it's like nobody's out there trying to kill grandma. You know, I just, and again, we have to recognize everybody has different values and they're, they are handling it differently. But um, I don't know if that was a good direct answer. And, and obviously this is above my pay. Grade.
0: Talk it's about deflection. You should be a politician. Who needs Spencer? <laughs> right? Pratt? Did I do that? Well? No, you did pretty well. <laughs> so, um, anyways. I, will say, I will say this before we go on. You mentioned the mandates. Uh, I looked up a quick study and it does show, this is back as of October, because I know things have changed a little bit in Utah since then. But um, states that had surges in cases, new COVID cases in October per 100,000 people at the time, uh, the overwhelming majority of states that surged at that rate were states without mask mandates. And that included Utah at the time, whereas ones with mandates were near the bottom. That's an interesting bit of data. Beyond that, it is a bit anecdotal. Like, I don't know how much you can dig around if Utah's tracking what the mask-wearing rates are by municipality or anything. And how would you do that in the first place? I have no idea. So, well, coronavirus, huh? Boy, I don't know. So, uh, fun times there, everybody.
1: Get get better, Renlins. We love you.
0: We do. So, one thing, I was, since we're talking about Utah and how perfect and wonderful Utah is— oh, I've-
1: yeah, that's why you asked me on, because I am a Utah Yes, you are. I represent the more, more, more righteous uh,
0: demographic
1: of the church, right? Now. Speaking of <laughs> I'm being kidding, righteous— ki- I'm the, kidding, folks. You're
0: not kidding, because the Church News has an article called Utah and its 25 Temples, a, quote, recognition of the deep commitment and faithfulness. And then it has a picture of the Jordan River Temple, and then in the background, the Ochre Mountain Temple. You might remember that— South Jordan, Utah at first was the only city in the entire church with two temples within its boundaries. And that seemed like a novelty at the time, just kind of an accident, just because of the way South Jordan is laid out, not because of any other reason. Uh, but now, of course, we have a couple of other instances of that. Anyway, this is just a, this is like a little pat yourself on the back piece for Utah, just saying like, Utah is so freaking righteous. You get to have all the temples, 25 temples in a state though, is, <laughs> is no laughing matter. That's, that's, I mean, I remember years ago, we published an article on TWIM, a joking one, uh, called, I think it was like, Utah needs three more temples because we wanted Utah to have 20, like the magic number of 20. And we'd speculated about where they would go. And now you're at 25, which is... That's something, man. That's uh, it is. I mean, good and, now, and good on you, Utah. I mean, why not for having all the things? But I, why not, Jeff? Why
1: not? I just now, I felt like the article, as far as the who is this, Scott Taylor that was writing. I think felt like he was just writing a good, solid, you know, journalism <laughs> article. that You know, talking about facts, and then it was like the quotes. I think from some of the local authorities that are like, this just shows. And again, going back to leadership, these general authorities are in a possible position because. Uh, naturally, you have to use hyperbole in a lot of things you say, and then it's like, oh, so you're saying the Utah's more. You
0: expensive. no, you just said you want people to be able to say, I don't know. So I want Elder right. Christensen. No, just to, to, hey. to not to not. Don't don't give me. a understand, Pablo. I
1: I understand. <laughs> Come on, <But> I'm, <laughs> I understand. There's probably a different way he could have said it, but no, uh, it's, fine. it's just silly hyperbole. It's it's a very politically correct like. Well, we you know we just have a great history here. Yeah, I love my people, and here we go. You know, so.
0: I mean, it's a, it's what you would say anywhere when there's a, a temple. You know, you talk about the great faith and the devo- right. devotion of the members. I'd say the only difference is arguing that like Utah has so many temples because of how righteous and amazing. <laughs> yeah, I
1: don't think like uh, per capita, yeah, you could say there's not like more righteousness uh, in. In more than your average Latter Day Saint in Utah than elsewhere, especially those, and it does mention this in the article. Those that you know have to travel hundreds of miles with using their life life savings. I mean, that's some serious fate there. Yeah.
0: So, well, if you look at, I mean, Utah has two point one million members of the Church, right? So, if we were to divide that twenty one uh, 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 by, sorry, we're doing it right now. That's one temple per eighty four thousand members of the Church. And if you were to divide that by the number of what's what's an average stake nowadays three thousand people twenty five hundred what do you think Kurt? Uh,
1: I when I was in that stake presidency there I think there was like four thousand people yeah I'll but say three thousand that 000. was sort of a different
0: so I don't know you, and that seems to play that could give you roughly like twenty eight stakes or so per temple obviously they're spread out in different you know the way it's laid out in different ways yeah. so. I don't know. I I should, I've crunched numbers like this, how that comes out like per capita or how many temples per stake in Utah compared to elsewhere. And if it really is that they're just, not just that there are more stakes, but that you're like just paying tithing and doing the good work better. I don't know. I don't know. They can't even open my temple because of, because of the Rona. So I'm just, just hanging out.
1: So I mean it's really not even a temple for you Jeff it's just an undedicated edifice.
0: It's actually 100% true as of right now it's just a very pretty landmark that nobody can go <laughs> <and> enter, <so. laughs> Oh
1: boy. Where are we at Jeff? I I lost my uh I'll give we,
0: you can get oh, your train oh, of thought and I'll just, I'll just do no, a I'll, co- oh, I'll do a couple quick mentions if okay. you want. Uh great we both yes, we broke yes. I love these stories. We broke ground on the temple in Bengaluru uh India, India's first temple, long one that we predicted. Bengaluru was also known as Bangalore before they sort of de-anglicized uh, many of the city names. I don't know if you're familiar with that, Kurt. A lot of Indian cities had these, like you probably heard of Bombay or, or Calcutta. Yes, those all those were sort of the British versions of these these traditional names for oh, cities. Really? So like that's why that's why it's Mumbai now it's not Bombay. Calcutta's Kolkata, Bangalore's Bengaluru, things like that. So
1: If you were to ask me 10 minutes ago, uh, you know, the difference between those cities, I would just thought they were two different cities, not the same city with the right name. But then
0: <laughs> But it's great man. The <laughs> fir, first temple in India, obviously the church is not huge in India, but it's you know, it's growing and it's it's doing things and it's a terrific location in general. I mean, that's of course we are going to get the temple now in Dubai. But I think it's awesome. I love seeing these. We got temples popping up around the Indian Ocean ring now, which is something we did not have at all in any capacity uh, for a long time. So that one's going. uh, It's going to be a beautiful building. Also, they broke ground on the temple in Okinawa, Japan. Okinawa, of course, is down there in far, far southern Japan, almost teetering up close to Taiwan. Uh, Strategically important for the United States, huge military presence, and it will be the fourth temple in Japan. And uh, it's got a cool little design. It's a tight little building on two stories. I think when we wrote about this building, we noted that um, the pictures don't show you that there's like a like a paintball store like right next to it or something like that. It's just, it's like in the middle of strip malls in in town, but that's great, great news for them. We'll One take it, stuff. Jeff. Yeah, I'm happy we'll for them. I'm, I'm happy for them. These temples are exciting. I love that we're getting temples in more far-flung regions. It's awesome. Nice. So Jeff, I have a question for you. Yes, and I have maybe an answer.
1: What is going on with missionary Facebook videos? Obviously, this is a question that you wrote, but I'm reading it. Uh, there, there's been some interesting videos posted. I think, obviously, you, you feel for these missionaries around the world, depending on what area they are. They're very limited on can, activities can you provide they can some do.
0: context, though, by what you mean? What do you mean by what's with these missionary videos? What well, is, that's what I'm,
1: that's what I'm what getting is? to, Jeff. They're, they're obviously, they have to get creative with what they're doing, since knocking on doors or going into people's homes is not an option, and so many missionaries, whether this is an organized mission effort or two companions wake up and look look at each other and say, we're going to do some TikTok dance with a Book of Mormon, and and there seems to be more of these. Now, they can be maybe fun and creative and cause some laughter for their uh, families at home, but some of us sort of look at that and thinking, what are you doing? Right? Uh, Which one has been your favorite,
0: (laughs) There's so many of them. They're so ridiculous. And I have to watch these and wonder like is the mission president approving this? I I don't, you know, I don't. I'm just I'm mostly curious about the logistics of it. Cuz obviously it's different right now and you're supposed to is it straight up they say you have free time to figure out how to be as creative as you want to market the gospel, to proselytize. Like cuz that's all I can assume given the time involved in creating these. And what are they editing them in? I mean, they get these Samsung phones. They don't have like you know, super comprehensive software in there. I don't know what they're using to make all right. the things. Very, I'm very curious about the back end for all this. Uh, you you
1: could probably find a, a member that's willing to maybe let them sneak into their computer room and do a, I don't know. I guess. Who knows where so,
0: they're going. Um, I'd, I'd say the most impressive I've seen so far is the uh, full-blown Star Wars parody where they, yes. the sad thing is it says a lot about the the different generations. Now I see it and I'm thinking like, oh, they're doing like the Star Wars, like the first one from 1977. You know, this is the Vader Uh coming to the ship. But no, no, it's really the sequence from Rogue One that leads into that sequence from the very original Star Wars. Oh yeah, right. It's subtle, but it it reminds me that there's a whole generation that's more familiar with the Star Wars prequels, for example, than the original three, which is just, if your world is, is Attack of the Clones, that's just, that's a sad Sad place to be, correct. Right. So the Star Wars yeah. one is... Uh, it's worth a watch. I, right? I watch it. <laughs> At least once over. And I'm like, it was this preparation day? Like, what is happening in this video? They straight up reenact the entire sequence when Vader ge- lands on the ship and he starts to, If you've seen Rogue One, spoiler alert, it's one of the best parts of the movie. Vader goes ballistic and just starts mowing down uh, rebel folks who have the plans for the Death Star or whatever. Uh, in this case, the Book of Mormon is it, the Precious Plan. That's the thing. They have a Book of Mormon. So there's a guy in Vader and they actually have sound effects and lighting and all kinds of funny things. And they're filming this in a stake center, your classic like just oval shaped floor plan stake center. And uh, that one's that one's, that one's one's pretty funny. It goes in rooms all around the building. I don't even know how they synced up and did like light, like they did uh, light speed on all the computer monitors in the genealogy lab and somehow it synced all of them up. So someone plugged, I don't they went to all kinds of effort. It's impressive. All kinds it's of It's impressive. The, which
1: makes you wonder, like, wow, I'm impressed, but also maybe you have too much time. That's
0: around. what I'm thinking. Like, how are they doing this? What else But <laughs> I say that. On my mission, we in my last area, we put on these firesides that were musicals and we based them on like pop culture items. And they were to t- they were, there was a purpose behind them. I was not the one who originated those. There were others. So in the past, they had done a parody of Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, where instead they went back in time and got like profits and things. And it gets serious and it, it teaches things. So we did. It's, it's funny. We were talking about this because we did a Save by the Bell one when I was there in my last era. I helped write it. You want to talk about wasting time at members' homes? I sat there late at night with a good old, good old uh, Elder Mount, if you've heard our, our Marriage on a Tightrope episode, when we interviewed them. He and I sat there on a computer and wrote a script. And we did a whole musical, a whole musical with seven class periods representing the dispensations and like ends with Joseph Smith. And it, it was, I wish so badly there was video of it because there's not. And it was one of the greatest things I've ever done. So that was kind of my version of that, I guess. So I can't hate yeah. on them. They're making right. Star Wars videos. <laughs>
1: Well, I guess there's a there's a phrase in marketing that that is, uh, you know, bad marketing, still marketing. And uh, I don't know, I just feel like, and I'm actually, uh, I've connected with a former mission president who has some, uh, not thoughts about this, well, he has some thoughts about this directly, but he just sort of feels like missionaries don't know what to do, so they sort of get creative and maybe a little too creative online, and, and maybe it feels like they're getting stuff done, but it, I don't know yeah. how effective yeah. it is, you know. And so, anyways, hopefully, um, I don't know. I just feel like there's more of a Christ-centered message rather than gyrating and uh, with. You really don't like the I TikTok
0: one, do you? That one's Oh bo- ah, bo- man, I, a lot. I,
1: I I'm I can maybe maybe a Star Wars one every once in a while would be cool, but like just being in the mountains dancing with a Book of Mormon, I there's got to be a better idea.
0: <laughs> every time that one comes up, I die though. I see it, and just the way they <laughs> I every can time do it. I cringe, Jeff, I cringe. I mean, I'm watching it right now. I'm thing with no audio and this there they go. Oh, they're moving their hips and that one, oh, he clearly has no rhythm. I'm with you on that though. Teach it's like how to dance. I don't know if this is the most effective thing, but it's a great way to go viral. I mean, that's the bottom line. If you want to get attention for missionaries, is it do you think it is disrespecting sacred text to have it involved in such a way? Yeah, you know. And at the same time, would that potentially turn off like other Christians who don't like us anyway, like seeing that oh, this is their Good, this is yeah. their sacred book and this is how they treat it. Would they ever do that with the Bible, for example? I don't know. Right. There is, I mean, it, there's a series called. It's Bible. not
1: my cup of tea for a, a not so Latter Day Saint uh, phrase, but uh, I don't know. To me, they're just they're better off like being on Instagram, just commenting on stuff. And I know that's not as entertaining and maybe it's boring, but. Uh, there, there's got to be something better. But anyways, bless their hearts. I don't want to come across too ju- judgmental. I know it's hard. I can't imagine what it would be like on a mission right now. I mean, it'd be tough. So anyways, do do your videos. Okay? I just,
0: what are they going to do if things get back to normal? I mean, I just, I, will they still be able to do this? Because it's just such a, I'm watching someone s- silently right now, Kurt, just wondering what goes on and what the genesis of all of this is, especially the music. I mean, they're listening then to like non-approved music. That's the big Right. right? All right, that's that's uh that's fair enough, my my good friend. That's fair enough. Here's kind of a strange article. I, I'm a defender of the Lake Tribune, despite their crappy website and dumb paywalls, but I I think they play an important role in our in our discourse, and that's good. They do. But um so this is the article by Peggy Fletcher Stack, and there's a new manifesto circulating among Latter-day Saints, and it's radical. Obviously, manifesto. For many, you think of the Communist Manifesto, but we think, of course, of the. I think of the manifestos about polygamy. Personally, that's what you know jumps out at me.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's where my mind but goes. But there
0: is radical radical orthodoxy, which is I love that. That's just such a stupid oxymoron play on words. Radical orthodoxy, a manifesto, and the point of it is basically like it's trying to have a middle ground in Mormon intellectualism. It's radical because it promotes a bold exploration beyond what is familiar and therefore rejects the obstinateness of fundamentalism. It's willing to revisit things that are difficult while being faithful, which I think you and I can both be on board with, right? I mean, that's a big part of of our brands. But this article is just so weird and rambling. Peggy, you could have made this article 30% shorter and not lost anything. It just kind of goes and goes.
1: So is this like a group of members or people that are coming together to Put out their own manifesto or something, but it's not it's a movement
0: like per se. They're clear about that. Yeah, that's what I that's what I assumed when I. You can't have a movement because uh, no. if you have a movement, you march on Temple Square, then you get in trouble. Everyone knows that. That's true. Um, Movements, but they're they're
1: very clear. should have done a podcast. <laughs> but,
0: that's what, we, but what. That's the movement we. Started. But what's interesting here is it talks about like the supplemental materials that that inform all of the radical orthodoxy thing are the proclamation on the family, the living Christ, and the restoration. So it's interesting to me that they're framing... Because I I would say if you're using those as framing devices, you are immediately making yourself seem... You're leaning hard on the orthodox side of it. So anyone who is like... There are a lot of people who are in the middle, per se, that might still have questions about the family, even like its history. Like, did it come out of the gay marriage battle in Hawaii in the early 90s and this and that? I think it's just... I think it's great to have a place in the middle. I just think it's like... And they're even saying, like, you can't be a part of this if you, like, issue damaging critiques of the church or all sorts of things. It's But it's got signatories. You got the Givens, for example, you know, Terrell and Fiona. They're manifesto signers because they believe that the American church is bipolar. I think there's some truth to that. I think the middle is a healthy place. I just think the manifesto is strange.
1: Wouldn't you be nervous to, like, sign your name on anything?
0: Like, that sort of... Uh, speaking to I don't, I don't know this what is, they're speaking to. They don't have that many signatories. Let's see anyone else pop up here. We got the Givens, Richardson. What's this? Kurt Frankum. <laughs> no, I guarantee you, I've not signed anything Russell Stevenson,
1: many-time guest of the show, a former guest, huh?
0: and he's also now Doctor Stevenson, by the way. So congratulations on that one, sir.
1: Well, you should. That should be a future interview, Jeff. See what it, <laughs> tell us
0: about defending your dissertation. Break it down.
1: No, no, the manifesto.
0: <laughs> it's like it's fine. I just think it's. I don't know. This is just weird. It's like a weird article to go into detail on, but it's fine. I'm all for the middle ground. I mean, yeah, I think we lose. Yeah. I think we lose nuance when when the far progressive side can lose sight of certain things, and as this article says, the far conservative side of the church can get mad at the progressive side, and then just they get lost in that. I think yeah, let's let's be, try to be moderate. In our views and reasonable, and I think that's very important. Strange article though, very strange.
1: Well, Jeff, do, I mean, what, do you want to go somewhere else before you sign off? Like uh, funeral potato earrings? You are an equal co-host uh, on this they,
0: show, You do whatever you want. Okay.
1: Hey, man, you're you own fifty one percent of the show. Or this this episode. that's called a controlling interest
0: um, for those of you involved in business. I learned that at right. business school. <laughs>
1: Uh, American Casserole Mormon Funeral Potato <laughs> Earrings. So weird. Findings, uh, a ster- sterling silver, handmade food miniature. So if you're looking, you men out there, if you're looking for a Christmas gift for your special someone, they, they do look quite real. Like, I want to just take a bite out of these. That's a good. Delicious. It's an Etsy shop, uh, JTKC Design. Go check them out. They've had 364 sales of these earrings. And uh, they're
0: they're stock
1: their stuff twenty four eighty eight.
0: We do not stuff your get, stocking. We does not get any kind of commission. We just think it's awesome. That's right. Uh, I'll jump on one here. Uh, President elect. Yes, that's true. Joe Biden um, has named his faith advisors, but I don't see any Latter Day Saints among them people. What is it? There's only 15
1: people he should consider. He
0: should consider. Out of 15 people, you've got room for evangelicals. you got room for, I'm assuming, the Pope, because he's only going to be our second Catholic president, which is pretty interesting. Uh, he's got people from the Islamic community. If there are Zoroastrians on this list and Latter-day Saints are not there, I'm going to be a little more perturbed than I already am. I think we need to love the Mormons more. I mean, we gave you Arizona, sir. I want a seat at the table. Me, Personally. I live in DC. I'm good for this. Let's do this, man. It's fine. It's good to know. Like if you're interested in the way faith uh faith groups influence a political leader, it's we'll link to this story. It's which is good to know about. I mean, faith matters and that's important.
1: Now the standard examiner is telling us that the case of the father son fight over church mission is heading towards trial. Jeff, I don't know if you remember when you talked about this. Uh, episode where a father says an Ogden man uh, let let me go down to the actual instance but um, a father got upset reports that he was not uh, he knocked his son to the ground and began to strike him on the head into the wall repeatedly as well as squeeze the victim's neck for both hands why did he do that because his son informed him he was not serving a mission so that's the proper response well, you better. Believe I've got three now, sons. Is... And if they fail, <laughs> we should have saved this for the twin sisters. Uh, you know, Mormons behaving badly. There uh, <laughs> you go. They can do it. Is... They can... They, I think they already did talk about this at one point or so. So now it's going to it, trial, but... huh? Going to trial. So we'll see. Uh, man, this uh, is. I mean, all imagine jokes being aside, a juror it's a in that case. awful
0: situation. I want to be a juror in that case. How <laughs> much fun one. <laughs> That'd be awesome. I've never, been, I've never been in a jury. I feel like I'd do well. I have, Jeff. I did have. You love it. Uh, it
1: was intense. It was, it was domestic violence against a woman. So it was. Uh, it, it was actually kind of touching. Not to go off a tangent here, but that was my. Um, the uh, the uh, what was it? The prosecuting attorney. They she was brought to tears when we. Uh, wow we came as we said the ver- you know as guilty because uh, this was a bad man who did some very horrible things of abuse to yeah. his uh, his girlfriend and uh, it was we were almost a hung jury and it was actually Anyways, it doesn't it doesn't matter. But uh, no, that's, that's, but luckily we we prevailed. Uh, the truth prevailed. Value prevailed. prevailed. The jury's agenda uh, we, prevailed that day. Yeah, that's right. obviously we. Anyways, I'm not good with. I've this never been in one subject. man.
0: One time, last time I had a jury do it was a long time ago. and I sat there all day with as they called like group numbers and dismissed them, and I was like, oh boy, this isn't looking good for me. I think I'm gonna get sent in I there. Mean, if
1: you go, you might as well be on the jury, right? You might as well walk away with some stories.
0: I guess, but it, but we was it just for a day though, or did you actually? Yeah, it was just. I think most are just a lot are, but of course you, push, you, you know. run the risk of getting sucked into some kind of. My
1: brother was on a um a grand jury, and it was every other Thursday for eighteen months. Yes.
0: Grand juries are a whole other thing. <laughs> so that that what a whole other thing. Yeah,
1: that's. But he he had you know all things it, in hindsight. He, it was a great experience for him. He kind of saw a unique part of our system. So yeah,
0: yeah. Well, folks. I feel good with that. I feel great about the week in Latter Day Saint news. I feel great knowing how much Kurt wants to use his pizza to to push hey Jeff, to push out your pizza. let me, just, let me pizza.
1: just say, I I appreciate you letting me. Uh, you know, I I realize I'm more I lean more right on this uh, platform than than maybe other co-hosts, and I appreciate you listening. You you've always been a good friend who's open to hearing my views and giving giving. Well, I like that, and place. I just want to say, you know, I. Yeah, and and I hope people out there will realize that um, it, it, there's people feeling marginalized because they sort of get grouped in with these things. I've many times felt like that, where suddenly I'm this radical or something, or I have this opinion, or I'm against masks or whatever. I'm like, no, I don't—everybody—nobody wants anybody to die, right? And we're all doing our best to move forward, and And I think out of any value. I know safety and healthy, health is uh, pretty paramount right now, but I think just— trying to understand your neighbor and their perspectives is is probably right up there with
0: them. I think that is a a good important thing. On the other way you could just st- start playing for a better team. I mean, I don't know what you're doing, Kurt. You just just change sides, man. It's all about It's all about winning, no. Um We all win when this gets back to normal and you can just like go to church again like normal and right. just, like go back to life.
1: We'll get there, Jeff. We'll get this. We'll get through this. I hope
0: so. I hope so. I was actually reflecting this week. Remember that time we fasted? to end coronavirus like back in the spring. It's kind of like what, it specifically it, to end it or It's kind of like what happened with that? Fast. What happened with that? What happened with the fast? <laughs> it's <laughs> Let's see. Nelson Global Fast. Let's look it up. We we did the fast on uh Good Friday for worldwide COVID-19 relief. That was of course what we were namely going for there, which is relief can be a lot of different things, of course, but uh We need that relief, people. Don't over... Do your part. Don't overload your ICUs. You know, leave it for the people who are going to need it most and love your uh, healthcare workers who are putting themselves in harm's way. That's
1: actually tomorrow's tomorrow's Light the World focus is uh, show appreciation for healthcare workers, share a post, inviting others to do the same, Jeff, so you can... Mark that off your calendar. Thank you. You did it. No,
0: they've been doing a lot, man. We've got a lot to be grateful for in this weird, weird year of years, but uh, we can we can do hard things. So, uh, Kurt, is there anything at Leading Saints, by the way, that people should be looking out for? Anything you're...
1: You know, we've got some great uh, episodes recently of just about uh, leading during the, the pandemic, and or I guess not necessarily the pandemic, but, you know, the sh- church shutdown or the Zoom church and things. So uh, wherever you're listening to this podcast, we hope you'll join us over at Leading Saints And uh, share your perspectives.
0: Good deal. And folks, you can join us at thisweekinmormons.com. You can join us on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, all those things. You can support us on Patreon. Like, you could. I put this plug at the end at the beginning. I'm trying to do A-B testing here, people, and it makes no difference. Give me your money. Give it to me. All of it. Is it because I frame it that way? Kurt, frame the Patreon pitch better. Maybe you can be more successful. Go ahead.
1: Well, typically, you know, if I put my marketing hat on, there's got to be a value exchange here. So, if they become a patron, Jeff, uh, are you going to give them a
0: bonus episode? You are You feel going good to, about yourself? How is that not a value exchange? Are you going to? Well, maybe some. We need, I have uh, tried to think th- about other content I can generate. I don't know what, bo- like, what bonus episode would I give them? It's a newscast. I'm going to make an extra week you of get, news. You do some great.
1: No, you do some great additional interviews to this. That maybe there could be additional. Uh, you know, question. Well, we you did
0: ask. we well, did do that when we interviewed Meryl Jensen uh, to the, to our Patreon supporters. We did uh, release the uncut interview, which was like twenty odd minutes longer. Which so that that so, was fun, and I felt great. I was glad I was able to provide that. I don't know that it was earth shattering, but it was great to be able to provide that. What do you offer that's extra, Kurt? We have a whole four well, do uh, leader library. We don't do Patreon anymore though? I forgot.
1: Well, the same thing. We d- they take donations, but uh, yeah, we have a whole. Leader library, additional content that people can peruse and and uh, get additional value.
0: So all right, folks. If you go on Patreon, I'm gonna start talking to you. I'm gonna I'm gonna let you in on the end. In- We're gonna make it into a fun little group. You'll be on the inside in there my mind. Get good start. Anyway, it's really just like a dollar a month. I just, just want to you know, pay for all this so it keeps going. That's all. Anyways, sorry to keep you so long, everybody. Thanks for taking the time to tune in. I am tired. And It's time to end the show. Kurt, I love you. It's wonderful to have you. Love you, Jeff. Good man. Folks, hope you have a great week. We'll talk to you soon in another week. Continue to have a Merry Christmas season and look out for the one. That would be a great thing to do. Until then, be well, be holy.